can see right now, without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling. Let me tell you about a team I hate, all right? I know the Dallas Cowboy fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate this Oh, team. I'm ready. I've often said that the people who run baseball, they try very hard to ruin it. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the NESSP in the morning. I'm your host, Mac, with your co-host, Jack Hurst, as we start our new format over here on the Roku channel, as we'll be bringing you three main shows. we got NESSP in the morning, Northeast Streaming Sports Productions in the morning, NESSP at noon with James Paye, which is actually the Philly sports guy's real name with Bo and Jason. And then we got NESSP at night starting tomorrow with Sonia Pearson. So we got three new shows uh, starting off with us today, Jack. We got three more shows coming on Sunday. Um, so we're kind of rearranging our format here for the for the viewers at, at home on the Roku channel so that they can uh, they can come to this for all their sports, Jack. So a pretty exciting thing happening today. Personnel changes, Mac. You took some guys out of the starting lineup and you inserted some others. You're trying to rally the, you know, the network. You're doing a good job, Mac, rallying it. There's enthusiasm. Everyone is playing hard for you still, Mac. No one has mailed it in here yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet, not yet, not yet Jack. Um, a lot of interesting stuff to get to, of course. We've talked at ad, 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 nauseum about the Browns finally winning a playoff game, first time in like 23 years. Uh, the Dallas-Detroit thing. There's some updates on that, Jack. The, the referee crew seems to be in trouble now. They're going to be downgraded, according to what I'm reading, and they're not going to be allowed to call playoff games. That doesn't fix the game that Dallas still won when the guy – the ref said he didn't report where the video shows he did go over to him and try to report. So there's still things happening with that, Jack. Uh, I don't know your thoughts, but it really doesn't matter if you still lost the game, whether, you know, whether the, whether it's true, you did uh, report or you didn't. Well, one thing we know, a, a result of a game can't get overturned on appeal. It, that, that doesn't happen in the NFL or, you know, or the NBA or Major League Baseball, you know, once the game's over, it's over. It's not like martial arts or boxing where you could notice a mistake on the judge's scorecard, how he marked it down and then call it a no contest or just change the result. Or even if a boxer tests positive for performance-enhancing drug, they can overturn the result and call it a no contest, take the victory away from them. You can't do that in team sports. It's what it is. And I'm I'm still not sure what happened in the uh, Dallas-Detroit game. We know the situation, but if both players reported in as being eligible, are both allowed to be eligible still? And we don't know what the situation is. I mean, just because they walk towards the official 
we don't have actually audio to hear what they said. It's just an impression that we have. And the officials have a hard job. They've come under a lot of criticism. And keep in mind, they have their rules they have to adhere to as well. Okay? And we even had a, uh, an offside yesterday. There was a big play in the Raider uh, loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, one of the players, Jones, you know, he, he timed the field goal attempt to block it. He felt perfectly. And he was called offside. And I kept looking at the replay, Mac, over and over and over in slow motion. And it's hard to tell. And if I'm looking at it in slow motion a few times, how do you criticize an official who has to make a split call on something like that? And to me, once you look at the replay a few times, I mean, it could go either way. But in the Lion game with Detroit, could that have been overlooked? That's what you have to kind of wonder about. Because you see the Lions celebrating, making a two-point conversion max. They're celebrating for about 20 seconds, yes. and then they get the rug pulled out from under them, and they realize there's a flag thrown, and like, what? Right. I, I Listen, I, I I understand what you're saying as far as, you know, the refs having a tough job and things happen in split second. This was one of these instances. This was two players walking over to him and saying something to him. I don't think they just went over there and said nothing. So, anyway, uh, it looks like the NFL is going to, do what they got to do to try to uh, justify uh, that call by downgrading them. And so the NFL basically to me is admitting they're wrong, uh, that the referees were wrong. So uh, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens as far as uh, like you said, there's nothing they can do. It's done. The game's over with. And the Eagles Jack had a shot to stay number one in the NFC East. They come up against the Cardinals they got a big lead in the beginning. I picked the Eagles. I'm feeling great. It's 28-13. I'm thinking we're cruising. I got a win here. And all of a sudden, here come the Arizona Cardinals in the second half. They end up winning the game. Um, what was it? 33-31. Uh, 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 no, 35-31. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Connor has a big game running the ball. I think they ran or they had total yards of 430 yards against that Eagles defense. That was so dominant last year, especially rushing the quarterback. And this year, Jack, they they, they continue just to, to lose games in the in the second half in the fourth quarter. I'll tell you one thing about the NFL late in the season: you get some major surprises that come out of nowhere, and that's why Mac before the season. I get annoyed at you when you go over the schedule and you say, "Who's going to win this game? Who's going to win this game?" Because between you and I. We would have picked the Eagles easily over Arizona at this point in the season because we thought Arizona was maybe going to have the worst team in the NFL. And, and in reality, they do have one of the worst teams in the NFL, even though they're competitive in their games. They're not getting blown out. And it looked like a short thing for the Eagles. They were going to straighten out. They were going to win this game at home. How could they lose to the Arizona Cardinals with all this at stake? Yet they lost to the Cardinals. There's one week to go. You never know what's going to happen. Dallas still has to close the deal to get the number two seed. They got to win in Washington. They're going to be absolutely big favorites, but they're not at a lock to win that game. Anything can happen. 
The Commanders could show up, play a great game, one game to go. The Cowboys have been known to sometimes flop in a certain game. And imagine it happened at Washington. And can you imagine Dallas goes from the number two seat now to the number five seat? But basically, these are the implications of the season ended with the Eagle loss. Dallas, instead of being a number five seed, is the number two seed if the season ended. And they would host the Green Bay Packers if the season ended today in game one of the playoffs. Okay? And the Cowboys probably win that game. Probably they'd be heavy favorites over the Packers at home. And the Eagles would have to play at Tampa Bay if the season absolutely ended today. But we don't know whether that scenario is going to play out, Mac, because Tampa Bay, to win their division, they're going to have to win their final game to get in the playoffs. And they're playing at Carolina uh, this Sunday. They should win that game because Carolina's not much of a team. But who knows? Carolina doesn't have much to lose. Bryce Young is going to want to play a good game after the miserable game the Panthers played yesterday, getting shut out by the Jets. So the Buccaneers are, are in an absolute lock to beat the Panthers. They had a tough time with the Panthers earlier in the year in Tampa Bay. You never know what's going to happen in this league, Matthew. You just can't tell. We're going to get a couple of big surprises this Sunday. The question is, what games are they going to happen in? Well, let's let's finish up the Cardinal-Eagle game. Kyle Murray throws for three touchdowns, kind of runs for uh, 128 yards. Hurts has three TDs in the loss. And, uh, you know, I, it's just the defense letting them down again. They're going to go play the Giants next week. Question on whether the Eagles play their starters or not next week. They are they are wrapped up the playoffs. Do they try to rest some of their guys? No, or do they... no. Okay. no, 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 no. I'll tell you why, Mac. they got to straighten the ship out. They have been dreadful. They're miserable. Sitting out their starters isn't going to help. It's not going to help them regroup. They've got to straighten out on the field. They've got to get it together. And even Nick Sirianni, their coach, says, we've got to get it together and fast. They only have one week before, you know, one game before the playoffs. They've got to straighten things out. and They've got to do it against the Giants. And not only that, Mac, there's something still at stake. Like I said a moment ago, if the Cowboys lose to the Commanders, and it's always possible that's going to happen, it's in Washington, possibility, the Eagles can reclaim, you know, the number two seed or the number three seed at the very least if the Lions are the second seed. I'm not sure how that's going to work, but they'll get a, a more favorable seeding and they can host a home game. This, that's what we know for sure. If they could somehow go ahead of the Cowboys next week, which is doubtful, but if they can, they'll host a home game as opposed to being on the road. So, uh, you know, uh, we go we go to the South, and you you talk you mentioned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Atlanta Falcons get beat pretty bad by the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears have been playing well in this late part of the season. They still have an outside – well, no, they don't because Green Bay, Green Bay destroyed Minnesota. But they did have an outside chance. They kind of remind me of, of Detroit of last year, Jack. Coming yeah, oh, yeah. And, and all of a sudden, who knows what's going to happen next year. I think they keep fields. I think they 
build around him. The Bears' defense looked good. You know, it's going to be interesting to me to see how far the Bears come from this year to next year. Do they make that jump, jump like the Lions did yet? You know, it's phenomenal what you just mentioned, Mac. I mean, the point about the Bears reminding you of the Lions last year, because last year, the Lions went into Green Bay the last game of the season. The Packers needed to win that game to get into the playoffs. Lions weren't going to make the playoffs. Uh, they were eliminated early in the day, the last game of the season. And the Lions upset the Packers in Green Bay. Guess what? The Bears are playing in Green Bay this Sunday. The Packers, if they win that game, they're in the playoffs if the Packers win. The Bears can do to them what the Lions did last year. Same exact scenarios involved. And the Lions on an upswing. You know what's interesting? I mean, the Bears on an upswing. You know what's interesting about uh, the situation with the Bears? Justin Fields had a really good, good game yesterday. The fans in Chicago were chanting his name. I get the feeling he's still auditioning to an extent. Uh, the feeling is the Bears are going to stick with Justin Fields next year. It's not a lot because they have the number one overall pick in the draft. They could take Caleb Williams. And if he's as good as people say he is, how can you not take him? Because you could get him on a rookie contract. Justin Fields' contract after one more year is going to be a major issue, whether to give him big money or not to commit to him. To Justin Fields, let's see what he does against the Packers. If he plays a great game, the Bears might be thinking, let's go for uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., the great receiver. Let's team him with DJ Moore, give Fields the weapons. We can win with Fields, and we're going to add other pieces to the team. Or trade that number one pick for multiple picks. Just do something with it. But if Fields plays a very poor game at Green Bay, the Bears just might, you know, lean in the direction of drafting Caleb Williams. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's a lot of first-round draft picks that don't make it or don't make it as well as they thought uh, as they thought they would be. Listen, I think Justin Fields is a playmaker. He's a game-changer, and he could be a, a franchise quarterback, depending on what happens next year. Still still young, still, still uh, uh, maybe a year or two away, but, man, the Bears really are playing good. And now maybe you see why I picked them to win the division. I was just too early. I should have waited to the second half. I oh. thought they had talent. And and I still think they have one of the most talented teams in the, that division, Jack. I think they have a lot of talent at key positions. The, the only question is to build that team around them, to get offensive linemen. As you said, Marvin Harrison will be an excellent pick for them to have them two weapons, uh, you know, to have D.J. Moore and, and, and him on the outside. That would be yeah. a great oh, yeah. So uh, the Indianapolis Colts are not done yet. Minshew has a good game. They end up beating Las Vegas, the, the Raiders. And, you know, the Raiders still played good. They had a shot to win that game. Um, but – the Colts are now in a three-way tie with the Jags and with Houston. Any one of those teams can win. The Jags have the inside shot at getting it. If they win, they're in. But they're not sure if Trevor Lawrence is going to play next week. They didn't need him this week, Jack, to beat the Panthers. Uh, they just ran the ball all over them, and the defense played a great game um, as far as – yeah. So, anyway, Jags win, they're in. They don't. It comes down to the Colts and Houston playing for to get into the playoffs. 
Yeah, I wonder which of the three teams, out of the three teams, Mac, between the Jacks, the Colts, and the Texans, who potentially could cause the most damage in the playoffs? Now, amongst the three of them, none of them would be serious Super Bowl contenders at this point, but maybe one of them puts it together. Which of the three you think is most likely to surprise us in the playoffs, if any of them do? Well, you know, I look at the Jags, and the Jags seem to take a step back. I know Trevor Lawrence was hurt, but even when he's playing, they seem to take that step back uh, this year. Houston is the team on the rise. I think they could win a playoff game if everything works out right. Uh, the Colts, I think, would be would, would get beat in the first round. So I think out of those three, and I mean, Houston might not even get a chance to get in, but out of those three, if Houston's in there, I think they could win one playoff game, Jack. Uh, depending on who the matchup is, right? Of course, you know, if they're playing Kansas City, they have a chance. If they're playing... Well, Houston and Indianapolis, one of them's going to get in, whoever wins that game Sunday. Not, going to no, get in. No, the Jags the win. Jags win, they're in. Jags so, win the division, another one's a wild card. Maybe, but you still got Pittsburgh, you still got the... Co I mean, there's still so many uh, scenarios there, Jack. Guaranteed, if the Jags win, they're in. If they lose, whoever wins between the Colts and Houston win the division. So that's guaranteed those two scenarios. Mac, is your apology to Mike Tomlin going to be written a verb? He did it again. <laughs> guaranteed winning season again, Mac. Even I, I, if they lose this weekend, they don't make the playoffs. What is it, 19 years in a row winning records? They seven, somehow seven. got it together. Seventeen in a row, and to me, if you don't win the playoffs, if you don't get to the Super Bowl, those records don't mean anything anymore. That doesn't mean nothing to me. You've got to get to at least win a couple of playoff games, get to the championship, at least compete with the bigger teams. Right now, hey, they beat Seattle. Seattle is here and there. Beat the Ravens. Beat you know. Beat these the the well, better teams. In the league. Then we'll talk. Well, what gets me with Mike Tomlin, they asked him after the game, who's your quarterback next week? They're not committed. I don't like that. Commit to your quarterback in advance. Let everyone know. Stop playing these games. Mason Rudolph has played really well the last couple of weeks. You know what you have in Mason Rudolph. There's a reason Mason Rudolph is your third spring quarterback. Mike Tomlin loves him. He's been with him for six years, Mason Rudolph. He talked Mason Rudolph into remaining a Steeler. They got a great relationship. But there's a reason Mason Rudolph never became really the number one quarterback to replace Ben Roethlisberger. So he has a couple of good games. And, he, and Kenny Pickett supposedly is going to be healthy. I don't want to hear about the future at this point. If you really want Mason Rudolph to play that game, and I think he is going to start Mason Rudolph because they got momentum the last couple of games, just announce it. I remember Marv Levy, the Buffalo Bill, or Buffalo Bill coach, used to do when Frank Reich, the backup, played sensationally. He led that great comeback against the Houston Oilers in the playoffs, and they're down 35-3, a historic comeback. Frank Reich was sensational. They asked him after the game, Who's going to start? He didn't give any, we'll see. He said, he said, I'll say it again, and I'm tired of saying it. If Jim Kelly is healthy, he's our starter. He's going to play case closed. That's what I want to hear. 
But Mike Conlon doesn't have that faith in Kenny Pickett quite being a rookie at this point. But because Pickett might be his quarterback in the future, it's like he's hedging his bets. And I don't like that. Just say Mason Rudolph's going to start because we know he is. Well, there's two, there's two, there's two trades of thought there. One, you don't want to give away because they really don't have a starting quarterback in Pittsburgh, in my opinion. So you're not going to give away who they're going to, who they're going to, who they're going to get ready for. You want them to get ready, ready for any one of those quarterbacks to play. Mason Rudolph's a better passer than Pickett, and hands down, uh, Trubisky is a second-string quarterback. Pickett's a second-string quarterback. So I don't think I don't think he really. I I I think I'm with you. Mason Rudolph plays. There's no doubt about it. He's not going to tip his hat. That's the way Tomlin and the old school coaches are. Um, but listen, the Pittsburgh defense and running game really won that game. Mason Rudolph made some good throws downfield. Uh, Naj- Najee Harris ran the ball like an animal. The defense did its job. Both receivers had a nice game. That was a total team win uh, over Seattle. Um, Seattle still isn't there. They're not. They're not going to be there as long as uh, you have. You know, you have uh, that quarterback issue over there right now, and and not that you know, not that he's a bad quarterback, Jack. He's just not a great quarterback, and Seattle isn't as good defensively as it used to be. So you know, listen, Pittsburgh, good win in Seattle. They're still alive. I'm happy for the city of Pittsburgh. Great fans, uh, and they deserve it. They deserve. They, I shouldn't say deserve. It would be nice for them to see the Steelers go and become a major player again instead of just an outlander. And that's what they basically are right now, Jack. Yeah, they've been an outlander over the years, like good enough to have winning records, sometimes get in the playoffs. But they haven't been an impactful team. Like when you talk about which teams might go to the Super Bowl, Steelers don't quite come up. No. they They need that. You know, and it's not that they're so far away because they do have an elite defense when they're at the top of their game. You know, and Najee Harris, the top of the line running back. The quarterbacks, they have a decent quarterback room, but it's not a real leader there between Pickett, Rudolph, Trubisky. You know, all three are competent, but you need more than just the guy that's competent. A guy's competent if you have the right tools around them, all the right pieces. Sure. Uh, Sure. And, yeah, and what what is, what we're gonna have to do one show, Mac, uh, is sit down and go over every team's quarterback and classify him. Who has game changers? Okay. Yeah. And it's not or or some teams have guys who are strictly game managers. Some teams have teams have guys who are kind of in the middle between game managers and game changers, like a Jared Jock. He's kind yeah. of in the middle between a game manager and a game changer. I would, you know, I would obviously a few guys are game changers like Lamar Jackson, Patrick yeah. Mahomes, Josh Allen. Those guys are game changers. I don't know about Patrick Mahomes this year, but he. Oh, he has, Mac. Oh, he get has, out of here. Yeah. Let's, get let's, let's, let's keep Mahomes. going over the games. They let's keep going over the over games. The games or, or we're going we're gonna to be talking to philosophy for, for okay. a while. So. Giants had a shot to win at the end. I don't know what the heck kind of throw that was uh, from, from from the, the quarterback. I, I, I see why Ty, Tyrod Taylor is a backup. Barkley, two-point conversion, right five yards away. All he had to do was flip it to him. He threw it behind Barkley. Barkley, they missed the two-point conversion. Giants had that game. Uh, they missed the field goal at the end. They had another chance to win that game. But the Rams, give it to the Rams, Shaq. The Rams uh, – Makes the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. 
unless something crazy happens, they pretty much got that locked up. Um, I, I don't, I don't think the Rams. If the Giants can give the Rams that much trouble, Jack, and I'm not saying the Giants are a bad team, they got some talent. If the Giants give them that hard of a game, there's no way they can go to San Francisco and win that unless San Francisco doesn't play any of their players. That would well, let, let me say that this season for the Rams has been a major success. Even if they, they could lose next week, they play at San Francisco and then get eliminated the first game of the playoffs. The Rams have clinched the playoff first. They're in already. Okay? Right. But, but not many people expected them to be a playoff contender. They win the Super Bowl, and all I kept hearing was, well, they mortgaged their whole future. They're not going to be good for years, you know, to go after the Super Bowl. But it paid off. They won a Super Bowl, and my feeling was, even if they're not good for years, to win a Super Bowl, it's worth it. But guess what? They only took one year off last year where they weren't really a good team. And this year they regrouped in their playoff team. I don't expect them to do anything at all in the playoffs. The giant game, you're missing an important point, Mac. And when I say point, no pun intended, one point. You know what hurt him the most? In the second half, Mason Rudolph misses an extra point kick. Had he made that kick, they well, never yeah. would have had to go for a two-point conversion because they would have tied, you know, they would have tied the game up and they would have had to go ahead, you know, uh extra point kick after the punt return. So all he had to do, basically Mason Rudolph was make the extra point kick. And you want to know something? They didn't want to trust him to just tie the game up at the end, Mason Rudolph, because he already missed the kick. And Mason Rudolph, from the time he was with Green Bay, even though he's had a long NFL career, would be no Mason Crosby. What am I Thank saying? You. I was saying. I was yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying the not the quarterback. Mason Crosby. That's what yes, you're looking yes. at. All right, all right. I was Crosby. wondering what the hell happened there, Jack. I didn't Mason know. Mason Crosby, 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 Crosby. <laughs> to get Rudolph stricken from the record. Okay. Yes. Good. Mason Crosby. I meant all along. But Mason Crosby misses an extra point attempt in the second half. That's what put him in the position to go for two. And then they had the penalty, so they were up close on the one-yard line. I can understand going for the two at that point. But if he made the extra point kick earlier, the game would have been tied. He would have been kicking again to go ahead. Yes. That's what really hurt more. <clears throat> well, you could talk about what happened earlier. I know at the end of the game they had a chance to win, and they didn't. And that was a missed two-point opportunity. Yeah, but, but the, the opportunities and, and check, yeah, yeah, earlier. You could check. You could have made check. You could have made that throw. My my Linda could have made that throw. The guy was two yards there. All you did was flip it to him. And that was it. Well, he got indecisive. Oh. He wasn't sure whether to run or pass. I, listen, that's and he got he's, nowhere he's, been and... he's been in the league for 13 years, Jack. And this is indecision should have left about 10 years ago. This that was a game that should have been won. But I give the Rams credit. Kudos, they're in. Giants played hard. We got the Eagles next next week. Let's see what happens there. Let's push I on to New Orleans. Let's, no, let's push on to New Orleans, Jack. Yeah. New Orleans versus Tampa Bay. Baker Mayfield will never ever lead a team to a Super Bowl. He, uh, New Orleans beats him. He throws two touchdowns, two interceptions. Same Baker every week. He he's good enough to be a starting quarterback, but he's not good enough to 
take a team in the playoffs and do damage. Uh, Tampa Bay is not the Cleveland Browns. They don't have their running game they had way back when. They don't have the defense they had way back when. So New Orleans gets the win. Uh, a big turnover. Uh, when a guy was trying to get out of bounds, I don't know what the heck he was doing. But the Saints come away. They are now tied with Tampa Bay. If Tampa Bay wins next week, Jack, they're still in. That's all I got. Yeah. <clears throat> Tampa Bay couldn't handpick a better opponent after Carolina Panthers. But it's at Carolina. And we in Carolina, Panthers already clinched the worst record for the season. But the Bears are going to have their draft pick. But anything can happen in a game like that. One game to go. Maybe the Panthers show up because they know they're going home anyway. So I can't say that they're going to mail it in. And the Buccaneers coming off this loss, they better regroup because that game is of incredible importance. Because if the Buccaneers get knocked out of the playoffs, losing their last two, and especially losing to the Panthers in Carolina, I can't advocate for Todd Bowles keeping his job as the Buccaneer coach. Now, if they beat Carolina, they go to the playoffs. I'll back Todd Bowles staying on as coach. I'll say he did a good job. You know, it's a very thin line, Matt, between saying a coach did a good job or not. The line could be as little as one game. Okay, one game. You have to get results at the end of the day. Uh, that's why it kind of upset, upsets me. Whenever there's an interim coach and he improves on what the coach did before him, everyone is advocating for him to be the full-time coach. And I don't go for it. Like in, in Las Vegas, Antonio Pierce has done a better job than Josh McDaniels. Well, Josh McDaniels was dreadful. Yeah. He was terrible as the head coach. But Antonio Pierce's Raiders even though they improved, they didn't make the playoffs, okay? They didn't take it the next step. All they did was improve, and now everyone's saying, oh, Mark Davis should hire Antonio Pierce. Why? If he wants to, do it. But he shouldn't feel, well, this guy did this and that for the team. Antonio Pierce did not get big-time results. All he did was improve over pathetic performance done by Josh McDaniels. We saw the same thing happen at Carolina last year with Steve Wilkes. He improved over, you know, he improved the team somewhat, but they didn't make the playoffs. They lost a big, a couple of big games at the end of the year. And people are saying, oh, he should be the full-time coach. Why? Why? And he wasn't. You yeah. know, but on reflection, they wouldn't have been worse off had they kept him as the head coach. Because he's done a good job as the 49er defensive coordinator. Well, well, I mean, there's going to be some economics that come into the Raiders' decision, too, because they still pay a couple coaches. Uh, Antonio Pierce will be a bargain uh, compared to bringing in a high-profile coach. San Francisco beats Washington 27-10. They wrap up the first seed with the Eagles' loss. Um, what do you do, Jack, if you're the 49ers head coach? Do you rest your players now that they clinched the first seed in the NFC? That is a great question, and I'm not sure what the answer is because they're going to buy anyway. And you can't rest them too much because with the buy, that's good. they're not going to be playing for three weeks, basically. I mean, they play next weekend, but if you rest them and then they have off the week after that and then they play, obviously if players are hurting, 
physically, you do rest them, okay? You want them to get over any injuries that they might have, but you also want to keep them sharp. Maybe the answers do something in between. Play them enough to keep them sharp. Have Brock Purdy play enough to keep him sharp. He doesn't have to go the whole game. You don't have to have the intensity to win the game. But maybe the answer, Mac, you play your starters like you would in an exhibition game where it's a tune-up game, where you want them to just get some work in. Yeah. I- I'm not sure what the answer is. All right. Uh, Buffalo uh, beats the Patriots 27-21. The defense really won the game for the Bills and a couple interceptions off Zappi. Patriots were in the game the whole way again. Uh, Zappi came on a little bit at the end, too little, too late. The Bills, Jack, if they win out, if they win next week and they beat Miami, they win the division. If they lose, there's a chance they don't make the playoffs at all. Yeah, I mean, it's a long shot them not making the playoffs. I think they basically have it all but locked up. I mean, the the, the Bills. But, uh, well, the game of Miami, you know, Miami suffered a terrible injury yesterday. Bradley, yeah. Bradley Chubb with the Achilles, he's going to be out. They didn't look good. You know, I watched the Raven game, and the Ravens basically just marched through uh, the Dolphin defense. I mean, it seemed like a mismatch. I mean, are the Ravens that good the way they're coming on? They beat two top-of-the-line teams very decisively two weeks in a row, the Dolphins and the 49ers uh, last week. I don't know about all the so-called momentum the Bills had. They struggled last week against the L.A. Chargers. Barely won that game. They struggled against the New England Patriots, and clearly with the Patriots, they're going to have a high draft pick. They'll be in a position to draft the quarterback. They're going to have to address the quarterback situation. There's absolutely no way you go to training camp and consider Zappi as your, your start. And I don't care what he does next week. He hmm. can't be considered a starting quarterback for that I team. Agree. I agree with that. And Mac Jones has got to go elsewhere. I'm not saying not to keep Sappy around. He knows the system. Maybe he could be a competent backup. The way Mason Rudolph's been with the Steelers, maybe he can help New England down the line. You just can't count on him as being your starter. So if they're in a position to draft someone like a Drake May, you're the expert on college quarterbacks, Mac. You always know a lot more about college quarterbacks than I do. Uh, Drake May. Could he be a franchise quarterback for the Patriots? Because I, I don't well, need a position to draft them. Way too early to tell. LSU didn't have a great year. They played where they're okay. They had a good season. Way too early to tell with Drake May. Way too early to tell with Caleb Williams. I, I have some doubts about Caleb Williams. He throws a lot of interceptions. Uh, I like Bo Nix a lot. That's one of my favorite quarterbacks out there is Bo Nix because he's an athlete and he's very accurate. Uh Dre, I, listen, they're playing in SEC, which means you got top of the level competition as far as, as Dre goes. But uh, again, Jack, this is, you know, so did Mac Jones and so did all these other quarterbacks that haven't made it. Caleb Williams, I don't like because, as I said, interceptions in they're on a team that either, you know, he can throw for 400 yards because he's playing from behind. I, I just, I don't, I'm not sold on Caleb Williams. I'm not sold on Drake May. I think Bo Nix is probably the quarterback of that class. We'll see what happens. 
Uh, Washington quarterback is not bad either. I think he's going to be steady. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to be steady, but again, he relies on big plays. He doesn't. He throws bombs. You know, when he throw when he when he scores on you, it's not he marches you down the field. He hits the big play over the top, and that's he has a great arm. I don't know if that's going to going to transfer to the NFL. We'll see. That's it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, Bills will if they don't win. The Colts, I think, are ahead of them right now. I think. The uh, the Jags and Houston and Pittsburgh might get in ahead of Buffalo if they don't win. They got to win next week. Miami's hurting a little bit. Buffalo, Buffalo wins. Buffalo is ten and six, and the other right. nine, nine and seven. seven. I think it's because of tiebreakers, Jack. But I mean, I'd have to I'd have to go back and look at. It. I know if yeah. they win, they win the division. Miami's hurting a little bit. Get it done. Allen's got to pass for more than one hundred sixty nine yards against the Dolphins for them to win. Jacksonville. I mean, against Carolina. Carolina didn't look like they wanted to be on the field. Uh, they ran all over backup quarterback. Hopefully, like hopefully next week, uh, Bryce Young got hurt too. His back got hurt a little bit. Hopefully next week, they end up playing like it's the Super Bowl. Go out there and show what you got. See what's going to happen for next year. Uh, the head coach is probably gone, Jack. It's 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 a mess in Carolina, and as I mentioned, we talked a little bit about before the game. The Carolina owner is just a jerk. I mean, he's throwing he's throwing drinks on fans. I don't care if they're ridiculing him or not. You don't throw a drink on fans and then run out the back. At least he's, there's something wrong with the guy, Jack. I I don't know what it is. He's a businessman with a hot head. Doesn't maybe should never have been an owner. He is now. Something's gonna happen, Jack. You mentioned taking a draft choice away. I don't know if we'll go that far. But I know they'll at least find him for this. Well, Tepper, the owner, I mean, he's a fan. He, he thought drafting Bryce Young, he said they're going to win a couple of Super Bowls at Bryce Young. He had all these grand plans, and it's gone awry. I mean, Bryce Young might still be a good quarterback. I know you're not high on him. You never really liked him, you know, as a quarterback, of course. But Bryce Young's thing was durability been small and he's been the second most hit quarterback in the league this year behind Sam Howell and he's held up physically at least so that's a good sign yeah no doubt no doubt I mean let's I I hope the kid makes it I really do I don't wish anybody not making it uh to go in and, and play in the NFL Jacksonville um you know again they just ran all over him Baltimore as we we talked about real quick destroys Miami um no Jason Waddle uh, Chubbs gets hurt. No, uh, uh, Mozart, the running back, wasn't playing. Those are kind of excuses, uh, but it did affect Miami. You could tell Baltimore's defense is number one in almost every category in the AFC. Great defense. Jackson's playing out of his mind. They got a running game. They look like the best team in the NFL, Jack. Lamar Jackson, was when he was interviewed after the game, said something very revealing and important. He's Thrill the way they're playing. He doesn't want to get that happy. He's concerned that they could peak too soon. And if they're peaking right this moment, you got to hold that peak throughout the whole playoffs through the Super Bowl because you could lose your edge. We've seen teams lose their edge. The 49ers kind of lost their edge right now. They might get it back. They lost badly to the Ravens, and they struggled a bit against the Commanders and then ultimately won with room to there, but they got to get that kind of edge back. And Lamar Jackson realizes 
The Ravens are the best team in football right now. Can they maintain it, you know, over the next few weeks through the Super Bowl? And that's his concern, you know, keeping that edge, staying at your peak for that type period of time. Because you're not at your peak for a whole season normally. You lose your edge at some point. Listen, we saw it happen years ago with the unbeaten Patriots in the Super Bowl. By the time they got to the Super Bowl, they weren't quite the same team they were before. They're still very good, maybe close to the same team, but they had lost a slight edge, and that enabled the Giants to upset them in part. Well, you know, I, I think when it comes to the playoffs, it's one and done. It's matchups, Jack. You know, I, Pittsburgh beat Baltimore earlier. I think Cleveland might have beat Baltimore earlier. It's matchups. It's where you're playing. It's home field advantage. It's injuries. There's so much that goes into this. But right now, I mean, you'd have to agree, Baltimore right now is the best team in the NFL. At least I, I would say that and be pretty confident about that. It's just a matter of them. They got home field advantage, which is great. They stay healthy. Great. And the matchups. Will it, well, you know, when Cleveland goes in there, if Pittsburgh gets in and they go in there, they know each other. It's hard to beat a team that you play in your conference. They know you. It's different than going outside your division, as 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 we've seen in, in the past. Everyone's really? rallying, even though BJ made a certain yeah. catch yeah, yesterday, did. you know, showed flash yeah. of his old self. And, you know, Lamar Jackson, to me, clearly is the MVP this year because, you know, I, I'm basing it also on part. He lost his biggest weapon, Mark Andrews. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine like Patrick Mahomes losing a Travis Kelsey and still performing that way? It's you know phenomenal job this season by Lamar. Let's Jackson. let's talk. I'm glad you brought up. Let's talk the Chiefs. The Chiefs still prove that with a defense and a good field goal kicker, you can win a game in the NFL. Um, you know, I. I the Chiefs aren't going to go to the Super Bowl this year, Jack. I don't know if they go to a championship this year. They just don't have what they had uh, years before. It's it's the young receivers, Patrick Mahomes, not on the same page. They they kind of dumbed it down, and maybe a bad term, but they made it simpler. Uh, the game against the Bengals, where they ran the players they normally there wasn't a lot of option reads. You run as I said before, run the run the route, throw the ball, complete the pass, do what you know what to do. The, the, they seemed a little bit better, but they couldn't put it in the end zone, I think, six times, Jack. You can't put it in the end zone. You're not going to win when you go up against Baltimore and you go up against some of these other good teams. Uh, You're not going to beat anyone uh, throughout the whole playoffs if all you're doing is basically kicking field goals. They had six of them yesterday. You know, at some point, like you said, you have to put the ball in the end zone. And the Chiefs are still struggling in that record. But they did beat a good Bengal team despite their record. The Bengals still, uh, it was a quality win by the Chiefs. And considering the way they had been floundering and how poorly they'd been playing, it was a nice win for Kansas City because it kind of reverses things. But now they're not back to what, what they hoped they'd be like, serious Super Bowl contenders. But it's a step in the right direction. And if the Chiefs play well next week, maybe they could gain a head of steam in the playoffs. And listen, if they play ever, like let's say hypothetically, the Ravens in the AFC Championship game, even if it's in Baltimore, you can't discount the Chiefs' chances at that point because they've been there several times before. And if they get that far, 
that means they've kind of gotten it back together to an extent. So you, you never know. I mean, there's one thing in there. There's one thing. The, there's one thing in their advantage, Shaq. They know how to win in the playoffs. The Baltimore Ravens don't. That's the only thing that makes me nervous about the Ravens right now. Uh, you got Green Bay last night um, against Minnesota with a, a rookie quarterback. They took them out too late. I mean, they were already down, I think, 23-3 to three or something before they went back to the other quarterback. Um, look, at Love, everybody talks about Jordan Love and how, you know, how good he is. And he played against a terrible Minnesota defense, Jack. And I, I'm not taking nothing away from Love. He's a good quarterback. He's not great yet. I heard Collinsworth say he looked like Brett Favre and, and, and Aaron Rodgers throwing off his back foot. Listen, he's a good quarterback. You played against a team that's not going anywhere. They're, they're, they, they, they're too beat up to, to make a, a run at it. Packers got a shot to get in the playoffs, Jack. Right now they're the sixth seed. They got to beat Chicago. We talked about it. I don't think they do. And and I think Chicago's got a more talented. They're the sixth seed, the seventh seed, the Packers. I, I thought they were the seventh seed. I think they're. I think they're. Ahead, I think they're right behind the Rams in the sixth seat. Uh, or what is it? Seventh seed. The it would be seed. seventh seed. So okay. if the season ended today. I think, assuming the Packers had beat the Bears, and let's say they're seventh seed next week, uh, when all the smoke clears, they'd be playing at Dallas. If right. the games go the way we think they'll go, but they right. might not. So we should, right. maybe we shouldn't talk playoff matchups right now. I'll tell you this with the Packers. They at least know they have their quarterback in the future, Jordan Love. How good he'll be going forward. And when I say quarterback of the future, I'm not saying necessarily for years, but next year's result. Jordan yes. Love is their guy next year. They're going to give him chances to still improve. And the NFL is so much different from years ago. A quarterback like Jordan Love, you'd normally want to give three, four years to become really good. And but in this day and age, you expect a quarterback to get it done in one year. Patience isn't really a virtue in the NFL in this era. But Jordan Love has had a solid year. Yes, you yes, know he's slumped at times, but all in all, it's been solid his performance this year. And I think the Packers will take it because it's been more favorable than not. Very young team, uh, Chicago, the Bear, Chicago, Green Bay, and Detroit make. I think an interesting uh, uh, division next year uh, in the NFC North. I think that's going to be a good division next year. With those what teams. a game next week, Max! Chicago at Green Bay. Yeah. The playoffs at stake for Green Bay. I mean, Chicago is on an upswing. They're getting better. You know who's yeah. going to win that game? Very intriguing. I don't think the Bears mail it in. I think the Bears play hard to win, and that's going to make it a heck of a game. That might be the game of the week, arguably. It could be. It could be. Listen, listen. I like the Bears. I liked them in the beginning of the year, like I said. Uh, but they weren't. They're just a year away, and I was a year too early. College football. We've got played today. Jack Alabama versus Michigan, and of course Washington versus Texas. Uh, two very physical teams with Alabama and Michigan. Uh, Michigan hasn't won a bowl game since Harbaugh's been there. Alabama comes on strong at the end of the year. I think. I, I told you before I like Alabama. I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, what do you? What? Who do you got? Who do you got, Jack? I, I got to go with Michigan. I think they're point, point blank just the better team. 
and Alabama. Kudos to them to get in the playoffs by upsetting Georgia. And they really got it together, Alabama, after the slow start early in the year. We thought the Alabama era might be coming to an end with Saban early in the year. They didn't look that good. So this was one of his better coaching jobs. And uh, I just think Michigan is a better team. And I think they're going to they'll win by a couple of touchdowns this game. Michigan, Michigan the better team, Alabama, the better coach. You got Washington against Texas. Uh, Yes, Washington against Texas. Washington is more the air. Uh, they do have a decent defense. They give up a lot of points. They're like a bend-don't-break defense. Texas is a little more physical. I like Texas in this game, Jack. Yeah, how, how would you feel if you're Washington? You've won like 20 in a row, and you're like four-and-a-half-point underdogs against Texas. Texas seems to have the more glamorous players. Washington has the high-powered offense. I mean, that's what they're going to count to carry him through. And I look for really, you know, high-scoring game. Uh, I don't know what you saw the picture. It was kind of funny the other day. They were having a press conference, and Ewers, their starting quarterback at Texas, is sitting there all by himself, looking over, staring at a crowd of reporters around uh, Manning, you know? the backup quarterback, because Manning, you, you know, comes from that storied family. And he's looking, I'm the start. I played all along. I mean, I probably might be a number one draft choice myself coming out, and yet no one is around them at all. It's and it's like, yeah, and But they're all around Arch Manning. <laughs> Very interesting. NBA news, Knicks. Our Knicks make a trade for – they get rid of Barrett and quickly acquiring small Ford OG Alunobi. Uh, and 2020-24 second-round picks. They also got uh, Precious Achua and Malichi Flynn-Jack. Listen, I, I, small forward to small forward, I like Anunobi a little bit better than Barrett. I think he's a little bit more consistent. I'm not sure getting rid of quickly was a good idea, but he was not the starting guard, right? And they're paying him all that money. What do you think? Good trade, bad trade? Uh, let me tell you, that second-round draft choice is going to have a little value this time in the NBA. A little bit because I think it's one the Knicks got from the Pistons. So it's going to be the first pick in the second round that they're giving to Toronto. The Knicks, did I like the deal on balance? Uh, no. Nubi has an expiring contract. The Knicks, mean, it means they have to sign him for big money. <laughs> but... The Knicks had to do something. You keep Barrett, you keep quickly, you keep him this year, you keep him next year. Where were the Knicks really going to go with the group that they had? Really? They kind of maxed out, you know, with Brunson, Julius Randle. Randle might be next. That's my feeling. They're going to try to work out some deal with Randle to see, and with other assets, with draft picks to add on to Randle and see what they can acquire, what they can do. But the Knicks are clearly trying to change the face of the team. With a newbie, they have a guy who's a tenacious defender. He plays Tom Thibodeau's style of game, you know, tough defense all along. You didn't always really get that from Barrett or quickly. They were a little more, you know, attuned on the offensive side of the ball. So this has Tom Thibodeau's fingerprints you know, all over this deal, even though he was not the GM. 
the Knicks are taking a chance, shaking things up. And can I blame them? You know, no, I'm not crazy, but I'm not crazy about the deal. Gotcha. Anubi also scoring 15, averaging 15.6 points a game. He does have a little offense. Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year is yes, Jack. Well, I know, I know the answer. I mean, Dion Sanders. Thank you. Go ahead, go ahead. I just, I wanted to say, Dion, did Dion ever do anything unsportsmanlike the last? Yeah, you know, I don't have a problem with it because Dion Sanders created a buzz in Colorado. It was like a nationwide thing. It didn't quite last because eventually the talent level of the Colorado Buffaloes played out, didn't have a good record. But the students were getting in trouble. They bought it and they played hard for him. The uh, Colorado University became relevant again. So I, I don't have a problem with that. It became a little bit of a national phenomenon for like, you know, three, four weeks or whatever with what Deion Sanders did. He created a buzz. Who else could we have really given it to? You could look you could look around and give it to a number of other athletes, but I don't have a problem with Deion Sanders. Sportsmen uh, here, not athletes necessarily, sports people. True. NBA Board of Governors approved the sale of the Mavericks, the majority of the Mavericks. The families of Dr. Murray Adelson and Sivan and Patrick Dumont. Cuban maintains 27% of the operation. He bought it the, the team for $285 million. He ends up getting $3 billion for the majority sale for this, and he's still the director of of basketball operations now he knows his family jack they're in real estate he's in basketball so i guess kuban's going to be buying up some real estate here soon uh interesting to me that that you know he still maintains almost 30 percent of the team cuban had to get a real sweetheart deal out of this cuban loves owning the dallas mavericks too much to give up control what's in the contract you don't know once you're no longer the majority owner can they cut you out at some point i'm sure it's more than a verbal agreement yeah. did they have an agreement that he's in charge the next 10 years is he in charge forever running the maps or what right right i mean i'm sure cuban had the written language put in such a way but somehow it tells me mark cuban is one of these owners he loves it too much to give up control and sometimes new owners are willing to give up control for a period of time you know with the new york mets for example when steve Cohn bought the mets before the wilpon sold to him jeff wilpon had a thing well he maintained control for five years and steve Cohn basically said the heck with you no you don't i'm not buying the team with you being in charge making moves the next five years you know it has to be a clean break but you get the feeling with Cuban, no matter how much money was involved, he just didn't want to give it up. But listen, and, and, if and you can make a fortune in real estate, yeah, I guess you do it. And they're, and they're friends. So these guys know each other. It's not like a business, business transaction. They've been friends for a long time, according to the report. So, folks, I want to thank you for joining us for our first NESSP in the morning show as we change our format. You're going to be seeing Jamie Paggs, the 
a.k.a. the Philly sports guy, in at 12. Sonia starts tomorrow night at NESSP at night. Uh, again, we're shaking up the network a little bit, trying to provide you more sports, better shows. And Sunday, we're going to have a few shows in there. We're going to streamline this as we go along, folks. Thanks for following us all these all these years. And thanks for sticking with us, especially your lawyer listeners. Jack, thank you for coming in. Pleasure always, you being my co-host. We'll be back. All, we'll be on all this week, uh, folks. You know, whether it's uh, whether it's live or not, we'll be on all this week. And, of course, uh, stick with the Roku channel. Up next is Coffee and Sports. Have a great day. Happy New Year's again. Jack, happy New Year's again. And uh, 